0: The Dave Campbell's
1: Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It is Texas Football Today, a show online. My name is Greg Tupper. I'm the Managing Editor at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook or on Twitch or on YouTube, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of thy choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am the host of this show. The producer of this show is sitting over there. Her nickname is the Duchess of the Dorks, but her God-given name, and by God-given, I mean... Her parents give it to her on her birthday. My
0: attrition LP given name. <laughs> um
1: she is Ashley Pickle. Hello.
0: Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? Tired. Yeah.
1: I'm a tired boy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's Ooh a boy. that's about the answer until
1: Dragon uh, June. <laughs> dragon ass. Um <laughs> yes. Uh up up till two. Woke up at about six forty five and uh got a lot to do. The exa- a- the right in the Prairie View A and story right now. Uh, thanks to Coach Eric Dooley for talking to me yesterday. So there you go. That's that's it's a weird it's a weird circumstance this year mm-hmm. because we are um, Prairie View A and M played a game like ten days ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I will say when I Maybe went like to 14, request yeah. a photo from Sam Houston, I uh, it yeah. was so weird literally because I did it Sunday. I think yeah. I did it Sunday after their game because I knew that they were playing. And it was like, hey, coach, uh, congratulations on the win. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, <what>? it's like, <laughs> right. And so, and so I couldn't
0: like, email them well, beforehand because I knew he was busy. <laughs> for example, okay, so
1: this is, this is the truth. So um, we have a, a junior college preview in the magazine, Southwest Junior College uh, mm-hmm. Football Conference, um, written by Jack Stellard out in Longview. Does a great job every year. Mm-hmm. They do not finish playing – until like two weeks from now. Yeah. Like I've I had to set the deadline for Jack, and and the deadline is like the Monday before the Friday we send to press. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like and I know that seems like oh you've got five days. It's like guys That's no like like uh-uh. like normally I like to have all the copy in for the magazine mm-hmm. May three. May, I, like I was going right to say, now, usually you
0: know? we would be sitting there like almost to the point of doing nothing, most of us doing nothing but reading at this point. Right,
1: exactly. So, anyway. That's, yeah, but that's that
0: was weird. Congratulations up. on the win. Hey, can I get a picture yeah. of uh, your quarterback, I please? <laughs> I need
1: a photo of Eric Schmidt. Today <laughs> is Tuesday, May 4th. May 4th, 2021. May the be
0: with you. It's Star Wars Day.
1: It's a canoeist's birthday. 205 days till Thanksgiving. Episode 1,158. 1,158. This is a Craig Worthington episode. On today's show, friends, uh, I'm going to tell you how to predict a Texas high school football state champion. How about that? We got our And then, <laughs> back out of the show, card right here. Uh, 600 ESPN in El Paso and the host of Minor Talk, the podcast uh, covering UTEP, the, in my opinion, um, you know, I, I'm quite fond of of Shahan J. Raja. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm quite fond of. Uh, oh, let me make sure I get his name right. Um, oh God, the, uh, Felix is his name. Felix Chavez. There him. we go. I know. I know. His, I know his first name. Which is last name? Uh, out there at the El Paso Times, but in for my money, the preeminent UTEP expert in America. Um, Adrian Broaddus will join us. We're going to do State of the Program. Uh, Sean's going to be ready to throw UTEP, some hands. <laughs> UTEP minors uh, coming up here at the back half of the program. So stay tuned for some minor talk with the host of Minor Talk. Uh, do we have first four through the door?
0: We sure do. It was Tony Blaylock, Rob Hadaway, Ryan Smiga, and Daniel Agnew. Welcome in, fellas. That's, a, that's an OG crew right Welcome there. Welcome in. That is an OG crew. <laughs> All
1: right. So... Um, we're putting together the 2021 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, hence the bags under my eyes. And we – and so the, the magazine is in a lot of ways – for a lot of people, it's a book of predictions, right? It's a book of projections of what we think that the next football season is going to look like. And – I think everybody, you know, wants to see going. what we think of their district, what they think of their region, what we think of, of the state. Yeah, it's a preview like magazine. And the high school magazine It's a preview <laughs> magazine, right?
0: That's you know, what it it's is. what we do.
1: Preview in the, mag- preview in the season.
0: Not the magazine.
1: <laughs> and so um, I think a lot of people want to, want to see what we think, who we think is going to win the state championship, right? The The state rankings are always a big deal. When it comes to Texas high school football, and we do the state rankings for the Associated Press, you know, look, we've got a little bit of gravitas. And so I kind of started thinking about how to predict a Texas high school football state champion. Mm -hmm. And I think in a lot of ways, what you've got to do, the best way to go about this is to reverse engineer it. Okay? Okay. Is to take who won the state championships this Mm -hmm. year. We'll, we'll focus on the 11-man, the 10-11-man uh, state champions in, in, in Texas football in 2020. Mm-hmm. And then look at what we saw going into the year, what they had going into the year, okay, and figure out what do these teams have in common? What, right. what are the common denominators between these teams? Mm-hmm. What are the things that, that apparently set you up? Right, right. What does a. T- what gets you from point A to point B? What does an eventual state champion look like in the preseason? Okay. Right? That's how you predict, in my opinion, a Texas high school football state champion. I would agree with that. So I looked over the numbers. I went back to our, pre- our preseason rankings and, and dug through the, the questionnaires and stuff for the initial, um, for, for the 2020 magazine, and looked at the 10 champions that we had. And I'm going to warn you right now. Okay. This is going to stun you guys. But nine of the ten tend to play along, and then there's Jim Ned. <laughs> Jim Ned is the fly <laughs> it, in the it, ointment. Yeah. Jim Ned is the...
0: And they know that, come, too. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Jim Ned is the where did you come from team. Uh-huh. And you're like, how did you how did you get here? So I'm going to say a lot of things that are like nine out of the ten teams or like eight out of the ten teams. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of assume Who'd that the one yeah. who the one is. Okay. So... Let's take a look at this. So, so, and there were some things that I don't think are a surprise, and then I think there are some te- things that 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 were surprising. So, nine of the ten teams that won a state championship in 2020 won at least ten games the year before.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so you almost certainly have to have been good the year before, and in fact, eight of the ten teams won twelve games or more. Okay, okay, so we're talking teams that have been good recently. Mm-hmm. No very few teams come out of nowhere, right. okay? And and to, to to wit, 9 of the 10 teams finished in their top 10 of the year before according to our computer rankings, finished in the top 10, and 8 of the top to 8 of them finished in the top 5 and 7 of them finished in the top 3. So when you're talking about what's the first step towards predicting a Texas high school football state champion, the first thing is You gotta have been good recently, okay? Yeah, you you gotta have been good recently, uh, in order to uh, in order to do that. In fact, I'll I'll go a little bit deeper. Seven of the ten state champions had won ten games or more in each of the last five seasons.
0: Okay, so we're seeing a brewing almost all the way up through senior. It's gotta be a half decade, basically. You know what
1: I mean? And if you if you say and then all of them, I'll say this: all of them. Had had a winning season their past three years. So if you want to project out for 2021, go back to 2017 and eliminate every team that didn't have a winning record. Right. Okay. Every team that had a losing record, you can probably eliminate. Okay. From winning a state championship in Mm -hmm. 2021. Okay. So let's get to personnel. So I think that 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 I think that that tracks. I think we think. Yeah, you had to have been good recently in right. order to be good in 2021. And
0: a lot of coaches will tell you, too, yeah. they'll notice a class even in like the 8th the grade year and say, you know, by the time they get to seniors, here we go.
1: So here's another thing, and I'm glad you brought that up, youngsters. Thank you. Because I looked at the JV records mm-hmm. for these teams, okay? Eight of the ten state champions... Had, in my opinion, a what you would call a great JV. Mm-hmm. They either went ten and O, or nine and one, or nine and O, something like that. Mm-hmm. Had a great JV. Another one had a good JV. It was a six and three JV. That was Shiner. Shiner is six and three JV. Okay. And then another one had a fair JV and okay JV. That was Winthorpe. Winthorpe's JV went five and five the year before. Uh,
0: Winthorpe is probably a little bit of an outlier. In this they're
1: too. a little bit of an outlier, but but they were also pretty good. Remember, they started the year 5th in, right. in our rankings. Yeah. We thought they were going to be pretty good. I get it, the looming
0: gonna... gloom of Mark really exactly kind of puts them That's in exactly that.
1: Um, here's one thing I thought was interesting. I think we think about defense winning championships. Right. And I think that that holds true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nine of the ten state champions returned at least five starters on defense. Okay. Okay. Only six of the ten returned five or more starters on offense. Okay, so it's more important to have An defense experience, experience, experience than yeah. offensive experience. Five uh, half of them had both uh, five uh, at least five on, on both sides, and all had at least one. So if you are a team coming into the year mm-hmm. that has four starters back on offense and four starters back on defense, the odds are against you. the, the data would say. That at least recently, the odds are against you. Mm -hmm. You got to have at least five starters on at least one side of the ball to have a chance at a state championship. Here's what I think. Okay, I will say this every team that won a championship made the playoffs the year before. So you can probably eliminate all the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Right. Um, And nine of the 10 won at least two playoff games.
0: Okay. Okay? So you got to at least, which kind of goes
1: into, into, you know, they were good last year, basically. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There's a couple of uh, – uh, one thing – here's one thing that I think you can completely throw out the window, okay, what I've realized about this. We ask coaches in the questionnaire, do you think you're going to be better, worse, or the same? Mm-hmm. You can probably disregard that, okay? Okay? Four of the teams – four of the coaches said they would be weaker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Three of them said they'd be better, and three of them said they'd be the same. So the major more – you know, a plurality of coaches mm-hmm. said that their team would be worse this year – than they were than they were the year before, and they went on a one-state championship. Yeah, so baggers. that doesn't... I don't think that necessarily <laughs> tracks. But then there's one other personnel thing that I think is interesting. Half the teams replaced their starting quarterback.
0: Ooh, okay. Now that's interesting.
1: Half the teams replaced their starting quarterback. Another four of them
0: mm-hmm.
1: replaced their leading rusher. Mm-hmm. So... From an offensive personnel perspective, I think we look at uh, teams that have uh, a, a returning quarterback and be like, you know, I think we take a look at a team like, uh, uh, like Westlake. Let's take a team like Austin Westlake, right. okay? And we say, man, they've got uh, Kate Klubnick coming back. They're going to be pretty darn good. Yeah. Well, Kate Klubnick, let's remember, was not the starter in 2019 when they won the state championship. No. You know what I mean? I mean, he was playing receiver. Um, now he had, they had cycled him through and played a little bit of quarterback, but yeah. he was not the star. He was not
0: <laughs> their le- <laughs> That was during the three quarterback system. He that was, was not confusing. their leading passer. <laughs> no, okay? he was not. He was
1: not their leading passer. And so I think, but now we look at them in 2020 and I think our, our, our lizard brain going mm-hmm. to 2021 goes, oh, well they have that returning starting quarterback. That's going to be the difference. Right. I think the data shows that you are, that it helps. I don't think anybody's going to turn down a returning starting mm-hmm. quarterback. But I don't think it's as indicative and as predictive as we think it is. And right. so if I were to sum it up, kind of looking over what these things have in common. First and foremost, you had to have been good recently. Yes. Okay. You had that to have been good, out. not just last year, but the last couple of years, uh, you had to have been good. Mm-hmm. This is You don't come out of nowhere. You don't go one and nine to a state championship. You mm-hmm. just don't. Okay. I think it behooves you to have... A good amount of sec of of defense. defensive experience, mm-hmm. a good amount of guys coming back on the defense and finally, I think that the other thing that you saw is that you've got to have some playoff experience yeah you've got to have some playoff experience, and most of the time you've got to have some youngsters mm-hmm. from a quality jV that is used to winning that you're ready to infuse um, some uh, you know some right. some some young talent into the program so Kind of looking at it, I thought this was particularly interesting, especially like the quarterback thing struck me as interesting. Mm-hmm. The fact that coaches are going to sandbag you yeah. <laughs> and tell you that they're not, <laughs> not going to be as good. Yeah. Um, I thought that was interesting. And, and I also just thought that like we probably overrate offensive returning mm-hmm. starters. We probably just do. Um, yeah. I would say that it is probably a lot more likely that if you have continuity on the offensive line, you're going to be better than if you have a starting quarterback returning, mm-hmm. I think, or at least that is probably something that is more predictive of you having winning. Well,
0: and I think that that goes so far into the weeds with coaches wanting that deep playoff experience mm-hmm. is because people get overhyped. So if you have an offensive line or a defense that's really good and can hold it down, that gives those younger if if they have if the quarterbacks haven't experienced that or the running yeah. backs haven't it gives them more time to chill out before they go out there you know and yeah. and that you can't get it back after that point.
1: So there you go. That's my breakdown. That's how to predict a Texas High School Football State Champion. So just go do it. Yeah, just, you don't need us. You know,
0: just be good.
1: Please fire a magazine. texasfootball.com <laughs> Subscribe. But yeah, there you go. That's how to predict a Texas High School Football State Champion. We are at Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at TCTF, Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Campbell's, And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. If you want to see our predictions and you want to get the 2021 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football mailed to you before it hits newsstands, you can do that. You go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe. And remember, I'll keep saying it, Sunday is Mother's Day. Sunday's Mother's Day. You can't screw this up. And the best way to not screw this up is to give your mother or the the mother in your life the gift of football. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. (laughs) I know that your mother, if you gave her a subscription to Dave Campbell's Texas football, would say, would say, Did you have to pay for this? I thought you worked there. Yeah. (laughs) but she'd probably be you're not
0: wrong they're also already subscribers so follow be like trish there you go
1: (laughs) so we are continuing a series uh here on the show where we are doing the state of the program uh for each of the 12 fps teams in the state of texas and for this one we're going west we're going so far west that it's actually the morning still let's go to el paso (laughs) and talk to 600 espn's uh, El Paso's Adrian Broadus, the host of Minor Talk, uh, one of the preeminent UTEP experts here in the state of Texas. Adrian, how are you?
2: doing great, Greg. Thanks so much for inviting me on the show. Excited to talk some UTEP football with you guys.
1: Absolutely. I love talking about these minors and, and I know that you are one of the, you're the guy who has the, the finger on the pulse of this program. And so I'll ask you in broad terms um, a bit of a, a dangerous question. What is the state of the UTEP program right now?
2: Yeah, great question. And I think that a lot of people right now are trying to figure out what where the state of the program currently is. I think that where you what you have to kind of understand with Dana Dimmel in his fourth year, entering his fourth year of his five-year uh, contract, there's a lot of scrutiny on this coaching staff and this program. It, it's time to win for this UTEP football team. They've been 5-27 and 27 over the course of Dim, Dimmel's tenure, which I understand last year's season was – totally uh you know unlike any other that we've ever seen before we've all heard that before right 3-5 and five is how they finished up the, the pandemic-shortened season, didn't get to play any home games uh, toward their Conference USA stretch of the season. Um, so the state of the program right now is, you know, a lot of uncertainty about what the direction of this program is and where it's really headed. Uh, on one hand, you have a lot of talent on your roster, uh, a lot of young talent like Gavin Hardison, their quarterback, their young running back in Dion Hankins, and an exceptional pass rusher in praise, Amay Hulay. But on the other hand, just not a lot of wins under their belt under this uh, tenure for this coaching staff. So um, a lot of uncertainty about this program right now. And it's it's a program that really is desperate to win some football games.
1: So, you know, one thing I find interesting watching, you know, UTEP football is uh, I think when, when, when Dana Dimmel came on board, there was the idea of, of they wanted to establish what their identity was, especially offensively. They want it to be a hard-nosed, physical running team. Uh, we'll throw when we need to throw, but we, we fundamentally we want to win this thing in the trenches. We want to win this thing on the ground. Offensively, do you think that this team has established that identity, or do you think that they're still trying to figure out exactly what they are uh, when they have the ball in their hands?
2: I still think that they're trying to figure things out and I I don't think they make that coaching change over the off season. If they didn't feel like they had a great grasp of their identity, I'm still trying to, you know, figure out why you decide to move on from offensive coordinator Mike Canales, bring in Dave Warner here in this program. When the the message was after the season that hey, three and five is a step in the right direction, things are getting better here at UTEP. That was the message coming from the program after the season. Yet they turn around and fire both their offensive and defensive coordinator So offensively, no, I, I don't think they're quite there yet. But I will say that Warner's philosophy now becoming the offensive coordinator. Not the play caller. Um, his philosophy is a run-oriented system, which could really suit UTEP. They've got Dion Hankins in the backfield. Quadres Wadley is expected back for the upcoming season, assuming that he could stay healthy. And they've also got. Ronald Awad in their backfield too who's a nice speedy running back so if you're going to mix the pass in you should do so in in, you know really strategic ways because I love their receivers and Jacob Cowing and Justin Garrett we just have not seen uh, that balanced smash mouth attack that I guess everybody thought that would happen here at UTEP.
1: We're talking with Adrian Broaddus of 600 ESPN El Paso here on Texas football today to get involved in the conversation hashtag TF today. Uh, you know, you mentioned that the coordinator changes uh, and that, that happened on the defense as well. Uh, Mike Cox is gone. In comes Bradley, Dave Pevedo, uh taking over a, a defense that, um, you know, they, they, I think they took a step forward last year. I mean, obviously a bit of a strange year, but, but I think they took a step forward and I think that there is, um, there's talent on this defensive uh, side. Do you get the feeling that this UTEP defense, you know, maybe if people are, aren't paying a ton of attention to, to UTEP, that this could be a minor's defense that surprises some people heading into 2021?
2: I think so. And I think it starts at the defensive line, as long as they could stay healthy. I really like the the depth that they've built. Uh, besides Praise the May Hule, who was a, a very strong pass rusher, had seven sacks, nine pass Uh, Breakups, but I love their two interior standouts. They've got Kelton Moss. Keenan Stewart, both of those guys are back this year, and they're you know they're fierce run stoppers. Um, I, I think that the defense right now needs to uh, maintain that four-man front and really needs to improve in their secondary. Last season they were one of the worst teams in Conference USA for allowing passing yards against their um, you know against their coverage, and and it just didn't click altogether. But they're hoping right now that the additions of uh, you know graduate transfer Walter Neal Jr. from Kansas. State could help out that secondary a little bit more, along with returning some guys like Justin Prince and uh, Josh Caldwell. So we'll see if their their secondary can kind of come together. But I like what they show so far from their defensive front. Uh,
1: I want to ask a little bit about recruiting because obviously you know UTEP is is, a, is an interesting situation out there in beautiful El Paso, but you got to be going there to get there. Um, it, it's a bit of a ways away. They they are in the state of Texas in many ways without. I think necessarily having all the benefits that come along with being in the state of Texas because they are so far out there. Um and yet I also know that there is a lot of pressure um not pressure is probably the wrong word but there is some um some some people who want them to stay local and want them to make sure that they lock down the um the 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 borders of the city and get the best players in el paso every single year and and so how do you feel like they have balanced uh the need to obviously go out and get as much talent as you can with also i don't want to say keeping the locals happy but making sure that you're staying close to home and getting the guys that you have that home field advantage with in the door how do you think that they're balancing that from a recruiting perspective
2: that's a, that's a great question. I think that Dana Dimmel, when he first got here, he said that he wanted to maintain relationships with all the coaches across El Paso um, to try to recruit the best athletes they can locally. Now, I, I think you, you saw UTEP start things off doing exactly that i mean they they go out and get Dion hankins who was highly sought after not just here and even regionally by some colleges but you know across the country a three-star recruit had offers from the likes of arkansas from the likes of uh, texas tech yet he decided to stay here at utep because he liked the local aspect of the team and last season you see one of the other premier running backs aaron dumas out of americas he decides and elects to go to new mexico instead of staying home and playing for UTEP, so now it's kind of you know a little bit different than what we're what El Pasoans right here are used to, and, and seeing some of the best talent stay here locally. But I, I think Dimble is trying to uh, go after some guys out of the California ranks, whether it be the JUCO style, you know, the JUCO route, or uh, trying to get either grad transfers to come here to El Paso. Even Arizona has been a, an area that he's trying to tap into, from the JUCO ranks to uh, high school athletes. Arizona um, still trying to pursue East Texas trying to get their name out there but this past year Greg was was very challenging for UTEP to kind of recruit I mean you throw the pandemic in the mix you throw the fact that this team has also been um, using their blue shirts left and right Mm -hmm. this year was kind of a catch-up year for them for the blue shirts and uh, Dana Dimmel believes that by next season they'll be able to offer up to 20 guys actual scholarships and that's kind of what we're seeing right now is they're keeping some of the local guys here but those local guys aren't necessarily your scholarship guys they might be your blue shirts or walk-ons
1: yeah I, I remember talking I, when I wrote a piece a couple of years ago out there in El Paso speaking with the former coach Sean Kugler, he mentioned that if you just get the, the toughest thing is just getting the kid on the plane to come to, to El Paso once you get in there they feel like they've got a be, they've got a great shot of, of locking down any recruit in the nation uh one more question for Adrian brought us 600 ESPN El Paso uh, the host of minor talk talking some Utah football here um Dana Dimmel is is entering you mentioned entering his fourth year there at UTEP uh, he is he's five and 27 there with the minors um is it do they need a winning year do they need a, a, a or at least a significant step forward for Dana Dimmel to keep his job into 2022 is that seat getting hot there for Dana Dimmel
2: Yes, I I think it is, and I think there's a lot of breadcrumbs that you could point out um, that we've seen over the past uh, year. Really, I mean, the story that really um, caught my attention for the UTEP football program actually happened in the story of the UTEP men's basketball coach getting a contract extension. Mm. Athletic Director Jim Center felt that Rodney Terry was deserving of a contract extension through the 2024 season before he left to Texas and became an assistant coach under Chris Beard. In that same piece, and when when that story came out athletic director jim center said that he didn't feel like they were at the point where they could extend dana dimmel and um I, I think that was kind of the first uh you know first real tell uh telltale sign that that there's maybe uh you know some interest in moving on from D- dimmel after this season or maybe in the future but One of the things that I'm really curious to see is how UTEP's athletic budget has been impacted by COVID-19. You know, the athletic uh, department, as it is, had to go through a ton of budget cuts, you know, as, as well as many other programs across college football and probably the majority of them as well. But I would say that, yes, there needs to be a significant improvement this year, whether it's five wins, six wins, whatever it may be. This this program needs to show that it's making those strides in order for Dana Dimmel to stay for year five, maybe get that possible extension. I would be interested if there was no extension after this season and maybe they let him ride out his contract through his through his fifth year. But you look at the schedule that's ahead for UTEP, starting off on the road against New Mexico State, who didn't play a season um, this this past fall. You look at uh, going home against Bethune Cookman, another FCS opponent, on the road against Boise, and then closing out non-conference play at home against New Mexico feels like a favorable start to the non-conference season for UTEP and one that they should at least go three and one no doubt Uh, by the end of and going into conference USA play. I think that there's going to be a lot of accountability that's going to be held against this coaching staff. I think that uh, they will have to be responsible for either winning or losing for the rest of the season. And uh, I think it's going to be a big wait and see approach to see how they decide to move forward or not move forward with this coaching staff.
1: He's Adrian Broadus. He is from 600 ESPN El Paso and the host of Minor Talk, the preeminent UTEP podcast uh, in America. I'm comfortable saying I haven't listened to every UTEP podcast, but I'm comfortable saying that's the best one. Um, Adrian, fantastic stuff. Really appreciate your time, my friend. And uh, take care out there in El Paso.
2: You guys too. Thank you so much for inviting me today.
1: There he goes, Adrian Broadus. Great stuff. Yeah, about those UTEP miners. Um, you know, d- d- digging deep in- into what they're about. And-, and yeah, look, it's a big year. It's a big year for uh for uh for Dana Dimmel and company. Uh it's a bit of a prove it year. And and they are um yeah, it's it's one of those things and that's why I want to get Adrian on the line because he he knows that program inside and out and he he mm-hmm. can read the tea leaves better than we can. And I think from the outset uh, we would look at this and say okay, well, Dana Dimmel has won five games in three seasons. If he doesn't win this year, he's done. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not always as simple as that. No, and so it's it's an it's an interesting scenario that they're in out there. But but at the same time, he's right. The schedule is mm-hmm. is is backloaded, and so if they can get some wins under their belt and mm-hmm. get some confidence, then then yeah, things could go in the in the right direction. So very interesting to uh, to. Uh, talking with Adrian Protestant.
0: Super interesting to hear his perspective on the the extension of the basketball coach, you know, being able yeah. to do all that. That's that's just one of those things that we as outsiders looking in at specifically the football program, I never would have thought about that. I know when he said that, our both our eyes kind of perked up and said, "You know what? That makes a lot of sense." Cuz we knew the hot seat was coming, but we didn't know exactly how they felt in the program, as to whether or not that hot seat needed to be turned on now, or does he have his contract to yeah. to burn that bridge? Basically, most
1: certainly, most certainly. Fantastic stuff from Adrian us from 600 ESPN El Paso. We certainly appreciate his time. Now let's go over to the pickle jar uh, for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. We got. That's what we got to do. What's your What's your pickle brand? Who do you love? One of those people. What's their name? Claussen uh, Claussen We got to get them to sponsor your little the area pickle jar? Oh, I like the that. Pickle jar. It can be cheap, guys. Like, you know,
0: yeah, I'm nine not, figures? Yeah, that's pff, simple. Yeah, Nothing wrong with that, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Do we have final thoughts?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to top that oh as bad. a final thought. <laughs> um,. Mm, okay. No, I don't think we do. It's
1: gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of day. I was with gonna go day. back
0: and find it, but I don't. Well it's gonna do it for us. Thanks crisis. for spending a little bit of your day with us.
1: Follow <laughs> us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Thanks again to Adrian Broaddus of six hundred ESPN El Paso for being our guest for Ashley Pickle. I'm Greg Tepper, Vince Young. Please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for recruiting talk on Texas Football today. <laughs>